Welcome to Fix It Friday on Check with Chip. I'm Chip Maxwell. On Fix It Friday, I share an excerpt from my book, Fix It Now, Rediscover the Constitution and Get America Out of Its Fiscal Death Spiral. American politicians, Republicans as well as Democrats, love to provide federal disaster relief. Chest-thumping, self-proclaimed constitutional conservatives are proud to violate the Constitution and send federal dollars to states for purposes outside the scope of constitutional authority. I wrote about it in this excerpt from Fix It Now. In 1794, Congress appropriated $15,000 for French refugees who had fled the dangerous chaos of the French Revolution. Remember that the United States might not have won independence without the aid of France, especially its navy. Despite these factors, then-Congressman James Madison, father of the Constitution, co-author of the Federalist Papers, fourth president of the United States, disapproved of the appropriation in floor debate. I cannot undertake to lay my finger on that article of the Constitution which granted a right to Congress of expending on objects of benevolence the money of their constituents. Here's how the Supreme Court addressed the issue in the landmark 1803 Marbury v. Madison decision. The powers of the legislature are defined and limited, and that those limits may not be mistaken or forgotten, the Constitution is written. To what purpose are powers limited, and to what purpose is that limitation committed to writing, if these limits may at any time be passed by those intended to be restrained? The distinction between a government with limited and unlimited powers is abolished if those limits do not confine the persons on whom they are imposed. The court went into more detail in 1819 in McCulloch v. Maryland. This government is acknowledged by all to be one of enumerated powers. The principle that it can exercise only the powers granted to it would seem too apparent to have required to be enforced by all those arguments, referring to the Federalist Papers, which its enlightened friends, while it was depending before the people, found it necessary to urge. That principle is now universally admitted. The Founders created a limited government that can do only what is allowed by the terms of the Constitution. Nonetheless, advocates of expanded government cite this language from McCulloch. We admit, as all must admit, that the powers of the government are limited and that its limits are not to be transcended. But we think the sound construction of the Constitution must allow to the national legislature that discretion with respect to the means by which the powers it confers are to be carried into execution, which will enable that body to perform the high duties assigned to it in the manner most beneficial to the people. Let the end be legitimate, let it be within the scope of the Constitution, and all means which are appropriate, which are plainly adapted to that end, which are not prohibited, but consistent with the letter and spirit of the Constitution, are constitutional. Expanders use let the end be legitimate and all means which are appropriate to justify open-ended federal power. They conveniently ignore the crucial modifiers let it be within the scope of the Constitution, not prohibited, and consistent with the letter and spirit of the Constitution. 
The case arose because the state of Maryland tried to impede the operation within its borders of the Second Bank of the United States by applying a state tax to the National Bank's facilities in Maryland. The court ruled that states can't interfere with federal government actions that are authorized by the Constitution. The Constitution doesn't say anything about the federal government setting up banks, but it does give the federal government the power to tax, spend, borrow, and regulate commerce and currency. It is acceptable to recognize implied powers, the court said, consistent with the grant of authority in the Constitution allowing Congress to make all laws which shall be necessary and proper for carrying into execution the foregoing powers. The principle of limited government remained unchanged. The point was that in those limited areas where the federal government is authorized to act, it is allowed to do what is necessary and proper to carry out its responsibilities. In 1827, Congress debated a $10,000 appropriation to the widow of a naval officer, Davy Crockett, king of the wild frontier, hero of the Alamo, at that time a congressman from Tennessee, stopped the bill with this argument. We must not permit our respect for the dead or our sympathy for the living to lead us into an act of injustice to the balance of the living. I will not attempt to prove that Congress has no power to appropriate this money as an act of charity. Every member upon this floor knows it. We have the right as individuals to give away as much of our money as we please in charity. But as members of Congress, we have no right to appropriate a dollar of the public money for such a purpose. Modern politicians love to give out federal money for disaster relief. In 1887, President Grover Cleveland vetoed a drought relief bill for Texas. In his veto statement, he acknowledged that there seems to be no doubt that there has existed a condition calling for relief, but he said he could find no warrant for such an appropriation in the Constitution. Cleveland said, Though the people support the government, the government should not support the people. If he said the same thing today, it might send his fellow Democrats scurrying for safe spaces or trigger riots. Cleveland did not advocate leaving to their own devices, Texans and other Americans, in crisis. The friendliness and charity of our countrymen can always be relied upon to relieve their fellow citizens in misfortune. It's the moral and civic duty of Americans to help fellow citizens in need, but not by having the federal government use federal funds for purposes not authorized by the Constitution. That's how I break down that and other issues in Fix It Now. Buy your copy today by clicking the link on the podcast page or sign up as a patron of Check with Chip and get a free copy signed by the author. That's Fix It Friday on Check with Chip. I'm Chip Maxwell. Thank you for listening.